This episode of Bright Hearth is brought to you by Garlands of Grace and our supporters at Patreon.com. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter against them. Colossians 3, 18 and 19. He commands wives to be subject. He requires love on the part of husbands and that they not be bitter, because there is a danger lest they should abuse their authority in the way of tyranny. Excerpt from page 219 of John Calvin's Commentary on Philippians, Colossians, and Thessalonians, translated by William Pringle. Hello! Welcome back to Bright Hearth, everybody! <laughs> that was the chipperest. I just had my OJ, so I'm feeling whoop, whoop, whoop. pretty sassy. Don't so want to be sassy. sassy. What do I want to be? You're feeling chipper. Chipper. You're feeling chipper, chipper as a chipmunk. I'm getting enough sleep again, by the way, that I'm waking up before my alarm again. Praise the Lord. Which hasn't happened since before I got pregnant. Wow. So it's amazing. I feel really thankful. You got to be thankful for the little things when More you're coming to the end time. of pregnancy. It's true. You do. Because <laughs> it's, you know, comfort can be. I don't know if I've ever felt this good <laughs> sleep wise. Dun, dun, dun. Enter the stomach flu. Uh (laughs) There have been some families like throwing up projectile vomiting in the church and we're about to leave for Reformation work. I'm really hoping that that's not us though because we did have throwing up last week. So maybe that's that's it. Anyways, I'm here. Welcome back everybody to Bright Hearth. We're glad you're here with Chipper Lexi and uh, I'm as always joining you, the host Brian Sove. And we are here at the Sove Homestead to talk about 10 things only a husband can do. And we should probably explain what we mean by that. So the idea for this episode actually came from one of my Facebook friends, John Michael Clark. And he was, he does a thing called the family captain and uh, which is kind of like helping men learn how to lead their homes and things like that. And uh, I think it's really helpful. So he did like a short little video months and months ago about talking to this concept that there are things only a husband can do and things only a wife can do. And the way he explained it was really helpful uh, and got me thinking about this concept. This was months ago, but I've been noodling on it now for for that time. And I just think it's a really helpful way of thinking about marriage and the productive Christian household as things, there's a lot of things going on in the house, a lot of tasks and duties and pressures and stresses. It can be really easy for the husband and the wife to start neglecting things in the house that only they can do to go think, do things and spend a lot of time doing things really other people could be doing and maybe are good things to do, but they're neglecting these centrally important yeah. issues. So we're going to do an episode today on things only a husband can do. Lord willing, next week, you'll hear an episode on things only a wife can do. And the example that um, the family captain gave there, which is such a Chad King title that I wish I could, I'm stealing it. You know what? From now on. Does he wear a cape? I'm the family captain now. <laughs> Does he wear a cape? No, he That's could. That's what I think He has of a sweet mustache. Like action figures. <laughs> he has a sweet mustache. Uh, he, he's, side note, he's also the instigator, the instigator behind two Christmases ago when I was forced to record oh, the parody of Santa Baby. Oh, oh, okay. He was the original commenter. Oh. So anyway, go look on my YouTube channel if you want to hear more about that. Um, the example that I would give here so you understand the concept if you're still not quite grabbing on to what we're talking about here is like, let's say that a husband knows that there are a lot of dishes to do in his home. And he's like, well, you know, it would help my wife out if I started doing dishes more often. Or there's like dishes and tidying. There's a lot of chores in the home. I'm noticing as the kids <laughs> multiply the chores, like they just seem like there's always chores to be doing. And he something. thinks like, I'm going to be a really good husband. I'm going to spend two hours every night from dinner to bedtime doing chores. Yep. 
And he does it. He's like killing it. Cleaning, vacuuming, the whitest baseboards you've ever seen. He's, he's in the bathtub. The he's, blinds. Uh, spotless. The blinds. Like he hates the blinds. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we don't have any. <laughs> the blinds are, are, you could eat off the blinds if you were yeah. so inclined. But it, the only problem, listener, is that what he has neglected to do is recognize that that is a crucial time for him as a husband and a father to be spiritually leading the home. And so six months goes by. Nobody's read his, the Bible to the kids. Nobody's done catechism. Nobody's reading in bedtime stories. Nobody's being a dad. Nobody's being a husband. Nobody's praying for the family every night. Nobody's wrestling with the kids for fun. Nobody's singing psalms at the end of the day. Nobody's taking them on ice cream runs for fun. Because he's doing the chores. <laughs> right? It's a mistake that he can make. He can get so caught up in tertiary things yeah. that he actually neglects doing yeah. the central things. Now, what I'm not saying, listeners, is that husbands should now go, listen, babe, yeah. Pastor Brian <laughs> told me, I'm not allowed to do dishes because I have to be doing family worship at all times. <laughs> no, it can't, but it can definitely... It, I, I see what you're saying because there are times when you help a lot. I mean, all everyone helps pitch in after dinner. Yeah. We all make it work after dinner so we can all sit down for catechism. But exactly. there are some times when I'm sitting there prepping breakfast or something. I'm like, man, he gets to do the fun part of reading out loud. Yeah. So there can be the temptation for the wife to want to make him do things yep. that she knows in her heart, really, he needs to be doing these others. It's highest value that I could be doing at 6 p.m. in our home. Making magic. Is doing the magic. <laughs> That's what I heard yeah. uh, Joel Fitzpatrick, which is funny because I'm not super big fans of them anymore, but there was a book he recommended and, and it was kind of all about how like father should be the magic maker in the home. That's good. And making the magic doesn't often line up with mom's <laughs> ideals of what making magic looks like. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe it's donuts sometimes. Yep. So. so it's a team effort we're talking about here. Yes. It's a team effort we're talking about here. And we're going to give just, there are more that we could probably talk about, but um, I jotted down 10 aspects, 10 things that only a husband can do, that if the husband and father does not do these things in the home, it's not as if someone else could step in and reasonably do them or should be doing them. He And even if someone else could do some of them partially, he will be the one who makes the greatest impact by doing them, not someone else. And the first one uh, is actually, we've already referenced it, and it's simply to lead the family spiritually. I uh, read the Calvin quote there from his commentary on Colossians because uh, it, Calvin gets at this, just kind of these are the duties. He tells the wife to be subject, and he tells the husband to love and not to be a tyrant about it, but it basically just shows that the command implies that he needs to be leading the family. A wife can't submit to her husband if he's not, if he's just a noodle, like if he's just a, you know, he's passive, he's not actually spiritually leading the home or just practically and spiritually leading the home. She can't submit to him because he's not providing any leadership to submit to. He's just a lump. He's present, maybe he's physically there, but he's not leading. So he's to lead the family spiritually. This means that a husband and a father, he's the only one in the home who can take the fatherly lead in seeing through family worship, the catechism of children, praying and singing as a family, leading the prayer before dinner, just making sure that his home is spiritually centered on Christ, his kingdom, and the things of God that it is supposed to be. What happens for the wife if a husband doesn't do this? 
I think it then becomes really easy for her to lose the anchor of like the household for the people, not the people for the household. Mm -hmm. So like if you were helping me clean all night, every night, I'd forget that the point of this isn't a clean house, but it's actually mature, happy souls in Christ. (laughs) Yeah. Which mean that that's why we don't have spick and span baseboards is because we, we'd rather read books together at night, to be honest a wife might be prone to nag him into doing this then, right? Yeah, like <laughs> uh, I get messages all the time, or and I think like we do, especially our Brightheart accounts. Hey, my husband doesn't lead in family worship. He doesn't do any of the things you've talked about. He's really passive spiritually, and what do I do? And I think a lot of those wives, the temptation is for them to just be continually bitter towards her husband and want to nag him because he's not doing his job. And so he's actually putting a stumbling block in front of her now to be a naggy wife and be every night going, aren't you going to lead family worship? Like, are you going to do this? What's wrong with you? You're, you suck. And that's not yeah. good. That's not healthy. That's not helpful. No. So he's neglecting the central thing that is his duty. And it's putting a stumbling block in front of his wife and his children. Another thing, one the second aspect, 10 things only a husband could do. Number two is something we referenced last week. And it's simply to make the call. Yeah, that's a good one. Make the call. So she doesn't have to make the call. Yeah. So she's not tired of making calls. Yes. <laughs> so she's not decision fatigue or like, wow, he's like a, he's just flops all over the place in the wind. He doesn't ever just say, yes, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Believe it or not, it's attractive when guys make decisions. Yep. So. <laughs> so next time, don't say, hey, what do you want for dinner? Say, babe, I'm taking the family out to Sonic. We're getting some foot long Coney dogs. Yeah. She'll love it. Rah, rah. Shake your pom-poms at him. <laughs> and oh, then she's cheer. like, oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> Lexi was a cheerleader, everybody. Okay, she was an actual... Che- okay, anyway, moving on. Make the call. I meant literally. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> He's got to make the call. We're, not, we're just going to not acknowledge that it happened. You got to okay. make the call sometimes, men. This is something only you can do because you're the one who has ultimate responsibility and authority in the home. Not ultimate. God has ultimate. But I mean, humanly speaking... You're where the buck stops. So on yeah. the budget, on the family education, yeah. on the on the church you go to, on the on the job decision, on the move, on the the health decision, on the home birth versus hospital, all that stuff. Husbands who they're the only ones who can step in. Nobody else can just show up in your house and make the call. If you don't do it, who's left to make all the decisions? She is. She is. And trust me, men, that will. You might think I don't want to be domineering. I don't. Look, be be humble, be patient, be kind. Do all the things we talked about last week about making decisions. But make the dang call. Yeah. You got to make the call. Number three. This You're going to like this one, babe. She did, She doesn't know where we're going yeah. in this episode. <laughs> By the way, I patriarched this episode outline. She has no idea. So number three, protect your wife from woo-woo. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what, true. What do we mean by that? Yeah, only you can do that. Don't let, Don't let her listen to the witches. Keep the witches out of your house, man. <laughs> Just keep them out. Throw the bucket of water on them. Well, because only only the husband like is seeing. Is she on her phone too much at night? Yeah. Is she listening to too much weird stuff during the dinner hour? Is she is she drinking too many weird drinks all of a sudden? <laughs> Elixirs. <laughs> is everything fermented? I'm just kidding. Stuff can be fermented. But you know what but I mean. You, yeah, you know because you live with her, so you understand when things are. Getting 
a little weird. Yeah, well, let me give you an example <laughs> of a husband who totally failed to do this. There was a family in our church years ago that had a stillbirth. Okay. And the wife of another family, an older woman in the church, was obsessed with this. with this certain type of supplements. Yeah. And she had the absolute audacity and gall to go tell the wife who had literally just had a stillborn baby, yeah. if you'd been on our supplements, this, this wouldn't, wouldn't have, have happened. happened. And the husband knew, was right there, knew this happened, did nothing. That husband should have absolutely said, I'm so sorry my <laughs> wife said that. We're going to talk about this. He let her get completely obsessed where the Messiah was now these supplements. Yeah. Is, fill it in the blank. Essential oils, supplements. It can be things that have value even, guys. But mm-hmm. when a, uh, sometimes a husband needs to protect his wife and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's babe. never appropriate to do that. You know, yeah. just there, there are situations where sometimes um, because I think it's easy for, it, this is marketed really heavily to women, but also I think it, it ties into the nature and disposition and deception thing. Mm-hmm. That a husband mm-hmm. has a duty to protect his home from woo-woo. Yeah. So only he can do that. Pastors should be involved. Other people should. But he has the ultimate responsibility. Number four, only he can pay the bills and provide for her to have enough to do the things she needs to do. So again, the government could pay the bills. Other people could pay the bills. But only he is supposed He's supposed to be the one. man who does not provide for his family is denied the faith, is worse than an unbeliever. I know there are hard seasons. Unemployment happens. Like, I understand, hard economy, inflation, stuff happens. But that's his duty. Seminary is not a cause of unemployment, by the way. Who said that? That was really weird. That's like a ghost. A ghost. A ghost. <laughs> you like drink your orange juice before this episode and you're I'm telling you, being I a feel little extra. more awake. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, th- that's actually a good point. There are- <laughs> we t- I, we, I've talked to so many wives. Yeah. Where it's like, no kids for at least five years have to get through seminary. I have to work full time. Yep. Really? We're gonna set up the give family me a verse for that with enormous amounts of show debt. me where that's normal in history. She's gonna establish a career that's then really hard to disentangle from. Yep. Delay kids for five to ten years, and um, because I I'm called to the ministry. It's like, hmm. Listen, my guy, my guy, you're called to provide. So go through slower. Get a job. Get yep. a vocation. Get a trade. Do it Paul at a, a human pace. Human pace. Yeah, there's so you much about seminaries church. that are not human scaled anymore. Yeah, I mean, this is just like one of those areas where a husband who doesn't do this, and only he can do this, uh, is setting up his whole, his family. Just bad habits for, for, all for young sorts families. Of bad habits. And all sorts of struggles for his wife where she's now going to be tempted to disrespect him. Yeah. She's going to be tempted. If he's, if he's, again, being a tyrant, tyrants demand bricks without straw. So the tyrant is the guy who says, honey, be a homeschooling, healthy food feeding, um, you know, all of this stuff, and I'm going to make $19,000 a year, and I'm going to be frustrated when we go over budget. Like, you can't do that, man. You have to figure it out. You have to get the trade training. You have to do the work. Like, go figure it out. You can do it. I believe in you. I know you can do this. And provide it for your wife so that she can fulfill her duties that you're asking her to fulfill. It's, it's just such a not true view of ministry to like have that be your ministerial training. Mm-hmm. Like that's not real life. Real life is balancing family life mm-hmm. and work and and church life and sickness on top. Like that's, it's just, I don't know. It doesn't model true ministry to me. Yeah, you're, you're, 
a man who doesn't rule his house well, order his household well, how can you expect him to order the church well, this household of households? First Timothy 3, 4, and 5. So you got to provide. That's only you can do that. Um, number whatever we're on is sexually satisfy his wife. Only a man, only a husband can do that. Should, of course. <laughs> People can sin in all these, but only he, he should, he's the one who needs to be pursuing and making sure that he's fulfilling the duties that Paul outlines in 1 Corinthians 7, where uh, his wife, his body is not his own. It belongs to his wife. Her body's not her own. Don't deprive one another. Um, this is important to mention because testosterone's diving. Men are, people are having less sex than ever in, in a lot of cases, and uh, there's, there are problems. Husbands sometimes actually need to be told, um, like, hey, you need to diligently be interested and pursue your wife. I know there's hard seasons, there's medical things, pregnancy, there's all sorts of reasons why every season's not going to be like every other season sexually, but it's a husband's duty to sexually satisfy his wife. Yeah, we've had this question actually come up a couple of different times where people will say, like, we talk about the husbands, like, wives needing to grow and pleasing the husband, but there's also the flip side of it, and... I was like, yeah, that's true, especially like you said with t- testosterone being low. There there's lots of reasons, you know. But I think it was Calvin. It was in Phil Kayser's book Conception Control where he mm-hmm. had some super based quotes I think from Calvin on a husband's responsibility to see the wife to <laughs> full pleasure. It was wow. super crazy. Um and then I actually Oh, I think it was maybe dear sister Christiana yesterday posted a quote from Alexis de Tocqueville. Is that, am I saying that right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Where he was. Democracy in America, Alexis no, de Tocqueville? Yes. Yes. But it, yeah. it, it, that's why it was sort writing. of weird. Yeah. I don't know where it was coming from, but he was talking similarly about if Christian women are this well-pleased by their husbands, like we should all wanting be wanting to see women live as queens. And it mm. was in the context of sexuality yeah. And it was a very like, wow, that is, I think there's more in like normal history. It seems like this was more admitted to than yeah. it is today for some reason. I don't know why. So yeah, I am pro that is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, what we're saying is, so again, we talked last episode about when you're first married, like you're young, you're figuring things out, you're not mature, you haven't completely got a handle on everything. But every husband's goal should be figuring out how to please his wife. So he's actually studying her. He's asking her, "Is there are there things that I can do differently, or that I can help, or that I can encourage you, or you know, make you you know satisfy you fully here? Is there omission happening? Like, am I?" And and just giving the invitation for that conversation sexually to be able to say, "Like doors open for feedback. Let's let's make sure that we're both happy here, and that and this should go both ways." The husband though needs to make sure that he's pursuing his wife. He's not just treating his wife like, you know, a way that you could still be having sex but not sexually satisfying your wife. Oh, yeah. It's just treating her kind of like, whenever I want to, we do, and he's not actually taking the effort. That's what I think the Calvin quote was about. Uh It was like a husband who is doing that to his wife, who's not practicing self-control in this way, Yeah, he is robbing her. Yeah, and that's the context. He's not also holistically learning how. Correct to give a wife the emotional safety and freedom and space uh, and like all and everything, like the the environment that they're in, the way he's treating her through the day so that she's free and undistracted sexually 
when the time comes. I probably should have given a warning before we talk. Anyway, if kids are in the room, <laughs> rewind, go back in time, and don't play that last section. Well, if you've been listening to Bright Hearth for any length of time, you know that we are all about productive Christian households, supporting one another in business endeavors worth doing, and we're all about modest, feminine Christian women, masculine Christian men, So we're so excited to be partnering for this episode of Bright Hearth with a sponsor, Garlands of Grace. Garlands of Grace makes beautiful feminine head coverings, uh, whether you're wearing a head covering or a headband just for fashion reasons or uh, as a covering for 1 Corinthians 11 sort of matters. We'd really commend them to you. And Lexi, uh, we were just looking at their organics line. What do you think about that? It's very cute. <laughs> they are very cute. They have a lot of floral prints, and it's. I think it's really unique to find companies that are willing to even go the extra mile and use organic fabric. So Yes, we know that our listeners are not just interested in getting the cheapest, quickest, flimsiest things they can get, but they want to get quality um, products made that are going to support Christian households. And so we would commend these ladies to you and their company. Uh, you can head to garlandsofgrace.com and you can see a huge variety of head coverings, head wraps. They have them for women as well as girls. And um, they also have those volumizers. What are those again? They help keep your head covering in place so it's not slipping off of your head. Yes. And if, uh, you know, Lexi is taking care of five children plus one in the womb on Sundays while I'm preaching and teaching and leading the service. So it is important that it's not slipping off of your head so easily when little people are kind of climbing and crawling over you. So that's been a help for you. Yep, I love it. Absolutely. Well, check it out there, garlandsofgrace.com. You can use the link in the description of this episode and you support our show when you support them. So uh, thanks for listening. And now we'll get back to the episode. Anyway, <laughs> next one. And Okay, and again, like I understand there's infertility, I, all of that asterisk but only a husband can give his wife children lots of husbands deprive their wives of children oh, okay yeah through because of seminary because of all kinds of reasons where they justify <laughs> basically saying i am going to expect my wife to marry me be sexually free with me yeah and i'm going to intentionally make sure that we can't have children yeah. even though she wants them i'm going to cut off this one great part of culminating joy and guess to what? a woman There's no way, biblically, to separate those two things the way that we have today. When you talk about, when Paul says, people don't think about this adequately, I think. When Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7 that you're not to deprive your spouse of conjugal rights, implied in that is that you are not free to uh, indefinitely and permanently refuse your wife children if it's within your, like if there's no infertility or other issues that would prevent you and then you trust the Lord. We pray. Yeah. We do all lots of God the examples yeah. of people struggling with barrenness. But it is a duty when we're talking about sexual duties that includes normal sexual fruitfulness. Yeah, and you can see that in the Old Testament law, there was even protection surrounding that. Yeah, if a husband died and was not able to do that, there's protections in place so that the yeah. wife can still. Yeah. Um. So. Bear children. Yeah. So you, you're you're not free. Like this is an issue of sin. Uh, like a husband is not free to tell his wife, I'm going to be married and expect sex, but you're never going to have children. I'm not going to allow that. Yeah. I'm going to ensure that there are no children. You're not, you're just simply not free. That's a part of marriage. It's actually an intrinsic part of marriage. Design feature. goes with that conjugal right. Conjugal right is also a, a right to fruitfulness. 
as is normative. So um, there's more that could be said on that, and maybe we're, I think we are going to do an episode at some point. I think so. Surrounding some of the Phil Kayser stuff. People have spoken. Yeah. You've asked us a lot. It's a good book. Needs more. So in the future, we'll get to that. Next one. I think this is number six. Only the husband can set and maintain the mission focus of the family. It's a part of leading the family, but he's the one who's saying, like, this is where we want to land in 30 years or 40 years. This is what our family's for. This is the legacy and that we want to leave. This is the inheritance that we want to leave. This is the way we want to train our children and point the mission of our home. Only the husband can do that in the way that a husband can do that. That was a tautology, but... It's true. It's way true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's true because I think wives are geared towards thinking on a fleshing things out on a a small scale. And I use the word fleshing there because Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be putting flesh on the mission somehow. Yeah. Um, And so I think what can happen sometimes is if wives get too bogged down in like all those small details in an inordinate way, a husband can be saying, wait a second, that doesn't really matter because we're going to get to the mission either way. So maybe stop panicking about that. So an example of this might be, you might say about your family, men, my goal as a husband is for our family to leave a legacy of robust, Christian faith, financial freedom, yeah. and Christian wisdom. Yeah. And then you might give more flesh to those categories in a substatement. But you're saying that's what our family's for. Okay, reverse engineering that, mm-hmm. making sure we're staying on course to that. Is the way we're dealing with money today going to result in that happening? Yeah. No, we need to change course. Is the way that I'm dealing with family worship and catechism and involvement in church going to lead to a, a Christian faith legacy? If not, let's adjust course. He needs to be the one who's monitoring that setting that course and making sure you're staying on it. Yeah. And if he doesn't do that, he's again, a lot like leaving it open for drift and frustration from his wife. She's going to fill that. Like God yeah. designed her to be led. So she's just going to fill that with something else. Yeah. She's going to be led by Instagram or by some author, some feminist. She's going to yep. be led by someone. So, or she's going to be a godly wife who's frustrated because she's like, I'm trying to drag this family to this mission. Yeah. And my husband <laughs> is, is, He's not pushing the plow. He's not keeping us there. He doesn't have an eye on the horizon. He doesn't have his compass out. Right. Only he can do that. Another one, uh, number eight, number seven, number seven, is to provide a safe harbor. And I'm talking about um, actual physical protection here of the home and the wife. The husband is responsible for the physical safety of his family within reason and under the providential rule of God. That's his duty. So go back and listen to the episode we did with Joshua Adams, uh, gentleman in our church, a lot of great wisdom there, but physical safety is your job. Um, your wife shouldn't be like, oh, uh, honey, there were some you know, weird weird men prowling around the neighborhood, and he's at work, and, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's no big deal, don't worry. He should be like, go in, close the door, lock the door, you know, whatever it is, or I'm, I'm going to come home. Like, That's his responsibility. He should be aiming to be within... The providence of God, however the Lord made him, a dangerous man who's self-controlled so he can protect his family. That means he shouldn't just be a huge fat slob who couldn't defend the family from an old grandmother. He needs to be within reason. I'm not saying obsessively. Every guy has to have a black belt and carry three guns everywhere he goes. But he needs to be thinking about this. This is actually one of his duties. An example was, I don't know if you remember this, though, was when you told me I couldn't hike out of cell phone range anymore. Yeah, yeah, no more of that. Yeah. 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 
think I did that. I think I had four or five kids and I got back on a trail where I realized, oh, I can't get in touch with anyone if something goes wrong. And I also Uh-oh. can't carry four children on my own. Yeah. So I'm yeah. fairly independent when it comes to the outdoors, but I had to realize as I had more children, I had to listen to my husband. Yeah, they're bad people. And also just dangers. Bears. Bears. <laughs> and Beats. toddlers, man. Toddlers. And toddlers, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, this might be like, um, are there are things that I wouldn't let Lexi do. Like, don't go here by yourself. Don't go to this kind of event without me yeah. there. We won't go places without being armed in some cases. Like, just thinking through. Oh, there was through. that parade this summer. You were like, you can only go if so-and-so is yeah, there. I couldn't go, and so. Yeah. I was, you know, you have to be thinking about this as a husband, like where are, and sucks. It absolutely sucks. This is true. But let's say it's politically heated time. Well, that's what I was going to say. The crazy thing was we were at that parade and within like an hour of going home, we had found out about some other crazy, I don't remember. Was it the guy that drove his car? It was Waukesha. Yeah. And so it was like, I'm, my husband was right. Like he wasn't being unreasonable. No. He was trying to protect me. And there's a, there's obviously there's a balance on both sides here. Like there's such thing as being paranoid, not trusting the Lord, but then there's, there's wisdom. So husband needs to be thinking about that, making sure his wife feels safe. The kids feel safe. Uh, The the other side of this, number nine is to be a shield. And this means like only a husband can protect his family from certain kinds of spiritual and emotional challenges. One example that I would give is that husbands need to be careful that they don't bring home every anxiety from work and put it on his wife. Like as a pastor, yeah. I'd be negligent. I have said did this that so Lexi. many times and I'm serious and I don't know if people believe me, but I think I'm the most in the dark of all of the elders wives at church probably. <laughs> and I think sometimes people get annoyed with it when they'll ask me questions like I genuinely I don't know. I stay out of that even even like um as you know, church ministry is expanding in different ways, in exciting different ways, that doesn't mean my hands are in it at all. Right. You're not a, another pastor at the church. Correct. I am absolutely nope. not. And you've done that for many, many years, and it has been very helpful because only I can maintain a cheerful morale at home that can be a safe haven yep. for you from work. So when when I'm bogged down by that... I can't do that. Yeah. So I, I shouldn't expect you to carry. So like if there's ever even disagreement amongst elders or counseling stuff, there's, I used to do a lot of counseling with you and that was very, very trying on me. Not yeah. that I never counsel, but it was, we went through some hard counseling seasons and, yeah. and then you realize like, there's no reason elders can't counsel. Like pastor's wife does not have to be there for everything. Yeah, that's right. With with the <clears throat> ladies' presidents, like let's get two two elders instead. Um, just not bringing like that disagreement amongst the elders at church. I'm yeah. not going to be like, oh, we're doing this thing, but this other pastor thinks we should do this. And I think we should do this. I work <laughs> that out with the elders, yeah. and then we make a unified decision, yeah. and we go forward. And we we don't do the like you do not want division. You don't want your wife thinking no. poorly of your coworkers, or no. you don't want. So a husband needs to make sure that he's a shield against some of these things that are not his wife's responsibility, like financial strain. Sometimes he needs to like be a shield. The last one. And I think this is very important is that only a husband can handle certain types of external conflict. 
in the home. One way that I that I that you you'll probably understand what I mean is like family drama with extended families. A lot of the time, family and we have this stuff come up all the time. People ask us, "I have this conflict with my extended family. We're not on the same page about something. They're they're disappointed in us for making some decision with the grandkids or." Some something is going to move or where we're going to live or a job or something like that. Or there's like bad history with maybe unbelieving family members and things like that. A lot of times the temptation is for a husband to be, especially if it's like his wife's family, to not adequately step up and deal with things directly. And maybe get on the phone and say, okay, I'm going to call mother and my, you know, your mom or your dad or your uncle or your great grand nephew or whoever it is, <laughs> I don't know. And I'm going to, I'm going to deal with it. Yeah. It's a great kindness to a wife when a husband will do that, mm-hmm. when he will step in and not do it graciously too. Yeah. Not, yeah not, don't be a turd. <laughs> you just want to make more problems because you have to yeah. honor and, and make peace yeah. and, so sometimes it's important that a husband is asking himself when it comes to these external. This could also be at work or other things, but yeah. the family is a common one. When there's external conflict, he needs to make sure that he's asking, to what extent do I need to go do something rather than ask my wife to do something, even if it'd be easy to let her do the thing? Yeah. It's just, it's a temptation that husband, and sometimes it's also husbands can, they they want to make sure that they're not, causing more drama and sometimes they're yeah, genuinely no, is sometimes he has to say to his wife you need to talk to your dad about this or you need to talk to your great grandnephew about <laughs> about whoever it is well and just the reality is i mean i've seen this time and time again with people i've counseled like extended family members of women of the wife in this situation they will manipulate them in a way that they will not when they realize the husband is a wall <laughs> That's right. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. So when yeah. they realize that they're not going to get away with it, if I do this, the husband's going to be on the phone with me tonight. Yeah, he's yeah, be like, exactly. Hey, um, I heard that there, there was a disagreement. Let's walk through it. I want to make sure we're at peace. Yeah, yeah. Husband needs to be a peacemaker. Not to be. Yeah, again, don't be a jerk about it. But it's, you know, sometimes too, this this is also like, honey, you need to call your mom and apologize for the way you talked to her at the Christmas <laughs> party or whatever. I'm making this up, guys. This is a completely made up scenario. This didn't happen. But yeah, sometimes this this. A husband needs to go look like you're so used to your family dynamic, but yeah. you were being rude to your dad, or you were being rude to your brother. No, you did tell me that once. Let the no. record show. Yes, you did. <laughs> you did. You were like, "Hey, you need to apologize to your dad for that," and I really <laughs> respected you for it because I was like, "You're right, I do." And my dad was really grateful for it. Mm. So, it's true. Some sometimes you <clears throat> we get used to our families, yeah, and sometimes. Uh, you can just let it's 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 sinful to just let your wife drift and like not know what you to weren't do. rude about it. Hopefully but you not. just no, you weren't. You're just like I really think you should probably just apologize for that. It wasn't the kindest thing you could have said. Yeah, so, and and this this happens because life is complicated. I do think it helps to keep a wife accountable because when she is interacting with her own family, like you said. I'm sure it's the same for the husband, but they can just fall into patterns of like, this is how I acted when I was a teenager or whatever, you know. It's always been this way. Which is why, why it's so helpful when a husband is to remind a wife, like, we're to honor and obey. I mean, we're to honor and respect her parents Mm -hmm. and to actually maintain that standard and then not let her get away with 
being a Rudy Pants, yep. as entitled princess to them, you know? Yep, that's right. So, so it, it is very important that a husband does the things that only he can do because no one else can do them. I mean, it's obvious, but it's like, if you don't do them, man, like no one else is going to, no one else can adequately do them the way as effectively in many of these cases as you could or ought to do. So next week, we'll be talking about the things only a wife can do. And uh, we'll have the other side of the coin there, some overlap, but also some things unique to her vocation as a wife and a mother in the home. And we hope that that will be helpful as well. Uh, as always, we really appreciate any, uh, if you like the show and you uh, find it helpful or to your church, your family, your marriage, uh, that you would consider pitching in, helping us continue to make it possible. You can do that through our Patreon channel. We've got a link in the description there to support the show. We've got lots of rewards there. Uh, you'll get access to all of our backlog of the patron-exclusive show we do called In the Kitchen, where we talk about usually things from the episode or other practical, helpful, granular, like hands-on, applicational sorts of things. Uh, everything from family home health binders to commonplacing and reading habits to just many different things that we think will be helpful to you there on our Patreon. We also try to answer questions there and be more available since it's more actually feasible rather than like every inbox on social media and things like that. So we try to keep up there. And uh, at least one of our tiers, I think a couple of them, you get a sweet Feed the Patriarchy mug sent to you as our thank you if you do sign up to support the show. And uh, that is uh, just a, it, we we appreciate it. It's actually part of our in our living is through New Christendom Press that this podcast is affiliated with uh, our publishing house here in Ogden. And it also goes to support all of the work of New Christendom Press uh, so not just us, but also other families and employees that we have. So we appreciate that. If you find the show helpful, check that out for sure. Also check out our conference that's coming up June 8th to 10th, Year of Our Lord 2023 here in Ogden, Utah. It's going to be a great time. We've got uh, a special patron discount for tickets there as well. Uh, as And there's a link to all the details for tickets and information there if you'd like to join us in Ogden this June and it should be a good time. So thanks again for listening in on this episode of Bright Hearth, and we'll catch you next time.